0: Greetings, and welcome to SLIS's Spring 2011 Colloquia, a program now in our 10th consecutive semester brought to you by your School of Library and Information Science here at San Jose State University. I am Dr. Anthony Bernier, and along with Dale David, our technical producer, we are offering this series as part of our school's vision to be recognized as a leader in graduate education in library and information science. Before I introduce today's colloquium speaker, a few announcements. First, please look for new colloquia presentations on the SLIS website throughout the spring term, where you will also find an archive of our previous recorded presentations on the SLIS homepage at slisweb.sjsu.edu. We also offer our colloquia as free podcasts. Details on how to access these presentations, either through RSS feeds or the iTunes Store, can be found on the school's colloquia page. The SLIS colloquia can also be viewed via Blip TV, the popular video sharing website. The SLIS Blip TV channel can be accessed at SJSUSLIS dot, B-L-I-P dot T-V. For our SLIS students, I would like to encourage you to visit a special website detailing the many social networking opportunities the school offers for you to connect virtually and otherwise with other SLIS students. It's our own SJSU SLIS Social Networking Wiki, where you'll find all your favorite networking resources Ning, Myspace, LinkedIn. Google Groups, Flickr, Facebook, DGO, among others. The school also maintains another wiki called Cool Web 2.0 Tools, which offers a way for you to share and learn about the rapidly changing information resources you'll want to know about for classes, socializing, and a variety of other applications. While these previous announcements were intended primarily for our SLIS students, I also have a few items to share with everyone in the SLIS community. As you may know, the school maintains a robust profile at our professional association conferences and meetings. So I'd like to call your attention to the school's upcoming professional conference appearances at this spring's professional events. SLIS's reception at the Ontario Library Association, OLA, Is scheduled for Thursday, February 3, 2011, from 6 to 8 o'clock p.m. at the Intercontinental Hotel in Toronto, Canada. SLIS's reception at the ACRL Conference, the Association of College and Research Libraries, will be held on Thursday, March 31, 2011, from 4 o'clock to 6 p.m. at the Pyramid Club in Philadelphia. And Slis will be back in Philadelphia, hosting a luncheon reception at the SLA conference, Special Libraries Association, on Monday, June 13, from 11:30 a.m. to 1:30 p.m. Also at Philadelphia's Pyramid Club. Slis's ALA reception will be hosted on Saturday, June 25, from 4 p.m. to 6:30 p.m. in New Orleans. SLIS will host a reception at SAA Conference, the Society of American Archivists, on Thursday, August 25, 2011, from 5 to 7 p.m. on the 80th floor of the Mid-America Club in Chicago. And in addition to our famous receptions and social events, SLIS will also host exhibits at the May 2011 Canadian Library Association in Halifax, Nova Scotia, the World Library uh, and Information Congress, and IFLA General in San Juan, Puerto Rico in August, the American Society for Information Science and Technology, ASIST, in New Orleans, Louisiana in October. Of course, you will find all the details on these and upcoming events and experiences on our school's webpage. The faculty hopes you see, uh, to see you at these professional conferences, and encourages you to take the opportunity to become better acquainted with us, as well as to meet up with classmates, friends, and colleagues. We hope you enjoy our spring colloquia, uh, all these presentations, and thank you for helping make the series such a success. Ruth Kiefer is Dean of the University Library at San Jose State University that, in collaboration with the San Jose Public Library, opened as an innovative joint university-city library in 2003. The Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Library is the only library in the nation to be funded, managed, and operated jointly by a large city and major university. The 475,000-square-foot library serves as an information hub for local residents, students, and faculty employees, and employers of the Silicon Valley. And the, King, uh, the King Library offers access to the collections of a major university along with the resources of the city's main and public library branches. In 2007, Dean Kiefer presented Joint Use University Public Library Public Policy in Action at the Joint Use Libraries International Conference in the U.K., Dean Kiefer previously served as Associate University Librarian for Distributed Libraries at George Mason University in Northern Virginia. She holds a Master's Degree in Library Science from the University of Pittsburgh and a Juris Doctorate from the University of Baltimore. She is past President of the Virginia Library Association, has has served on the Government Relations Committee of the Association of College and Research Libraries, ACRL, has chaired the California State University uh, uh, Council of Library Deans, was convener for the uh, Partnership Libraries Discussion Group for the American Library Association, and has presented extensively at regional and national professional conferences. Her colloquial talk today is entitled, The Reality Eight Years After Opening. Please join with me and the rest of this list faculty in welcoming our university's top librarian, Dean Ruth Kiefer.
1: Thank you, Anthony, very much for that kind introduction. I'm very pleased to be here and I'd like to congratulate SLIS for the ongoing success with um, this lecture series. Uh, Today I'm going to talk about the Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Library, the collaboration between the city of San Jose and San Jose State University. Uh, What I hope to talk about primarily is what is happening with the joint library almost eight years into our existence. I will touch a little bit on the history of the um, Joint Library, how the idea for the Joint Library came uh, to be, and how the planning resulted in the library that we all enjoy today. I'm not going to spend a lot of time, though, talking about the history for a couple of reasons. First of all, and I know this is true by looking at the audience. Most of you know about this, uh, in some cases much more about it than I do. I came uh, to the university in 2005, and the library was already open for two years. Jane Light, director of the San Jose Public Library, and then uh, University Library Dean Patricia Brevik, were... Uh, very responsible for making the library um, as it is today, making it a reality. And prior to Patricia Brevik, Jim Schmidt, um, also associated with a SLIS, uh, was instrumental in the early planning stages. So first I want to give just a little bit of context for the library. Um, What is the background of the university, the city, this valley? What made this library possible in Silicon Valley? Uh, There are some libraries like this across the country, but not a lot. So I think it took just the right um, culture for it to develop and the right leaders in place at the time. Uh, so I'll, I'll talk very briefly about the demographics of the city and the university, which are very much the same, a little bit of history about each of the libraries, um, how the idea germinated, uh, and then the process for planning the joint library and the ultimate model that we have come to enjoy now, uh, complete with an operating agreement, a cost share formula, and many, many documents that give us guidance. We are the largest city, or la- the 10th largest city in the uh, United States, with now over a million Im- uh, people living in San Jose. English is spoken as the first language at home in only 46% of our homes. Uh, we have a relatively high education level in the Valley. Uh, a large percentage of people have. Either some college, an associate degree, a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, or a professional degree. But at the same time, we have a high dropout rate in our high schools. Our median household income is about $80,000, which is pretty good. That's that's a a good salary in most areas. However, the incomes in this area range from the very, very high to the very, very low. So there's a great disparity of income in San Jose and Silicon Valley. And as a result, we have the digital divide that we've all read about in the literature and we know firsthand. And we know that from seeing many of our patrons or customers in the library. We're very diverse. Uh, The university and the city shares um, pretty much on on the same ratio of the diversity of the valley. Um, The city has a very small African-American population, uh, about 30% Asian Pacific, Hispanic, Latino about 31, white about 31. And the university, to a somewhat lesser degree, um, shares those statistics. Uh, where we fall short is the percentage of Hispanic Latino students at only 20%, which is much smaller than the overall um, population. This diversity of this of the city uh, and the university, I think, had an awful lot to do with the fact that we were able to move forward on a a joint library that would be providing um, lifelong learning for our diverse population. California State University um, system is made up of 23 campuses. Um, SJSU is one of the larger ones. We provide bachelor's and master's degrees and increasingly a number of Uh, joint doctoral uh, degrees, one with SLIS. Uh, There's one in the works for um, education and also nursing. As I mentioned, a very diverse student body, and we're a regional institution, so many, uh, most of our students come from the immediate Santa Clara County area, and when they graduate, Most of them stay here. So I like to say the uh, community and the university were merged long before the library decided to merge. Um, We have students who are students for a semester or two, drop out, become a public library member, um, come back to school a year or two later so they're a student again. When they graduate they continue to use the same library that they used when they were in school. Uh, San Jose State graduates many of the workers that go into the workforce here in Silicon Valley from the tech companies to all of the other uh, employers. This is, of course, um, a hard time uh, in the economy, and so it's difficult for many of our graduates to now find jobs, but I'm sure that will be turning around. The state um, funding for the CSU campuses, including SJSU, is dropping and has been dropping over the years. We anticipate it's going to be much lower next year. And we have been experiencing, as many of you know, furloughs, layoffs, and extreme uh, budget cuts to our operating budget. Downtown San Jose has been the home to the San Jose Public Library's main branch as well as the university and the university's library. We haven't always had the best of relationships between the university and the city. Uh, the town-gown relationship, if you will, has been strained uh, at best at times in the past. Uh, Many of the buildings around the campus have the back of the building facing the city, the front of the building facing the inner part of the university. And so there was not the kind of uh, collaboration and goodwill between the two institutions. The public library, um, most recently, before the King... New King Library was in the building uh, by the convention center, prior to that in the old post office building, which is now San Jose Museum of Art, and prior to that a Carnegie Library building uh, on this campus. The university library uh, has been in existence since 1876, um, a room in the original normal school building. Uh, the second photo you see there from 1942 is the Walchrist building, which is on the corner where King Library now sits. And in 1982, uh, the Clark Library building, which is the building uh, in which we are, are right now. So. The city and the university found itself needing new library spaces. The library space here in the Clark building was not sufficient for the university. We had collections located in this building, in Walcrest, which still existed, and off-site storage. The city also needed a new uh, building, and um, I think both buildings needed to be uh, retrofitted for wiring for the technology that is needed now. So um, the... um, What I call the urban myth, I think think it's uh, based in truth, is that Mayor Susan Hammer and then University President Dr. Robert Caret were at breakfast one morning uh, talking about how they could begin to collaborate, how they could improve the town-gown relationship. And they decided that they both needed libraries, and this would be a wonderful example of collaboration, a way to bring the city and the university closer together. And so they came up with the idea for the joint library. This was very much a top down idea. Jane Light tells me that she is positive if the idea had come from the ground up, it never would have happened. But it was the mayor and the president saying, We will have a joint library. And so uh, they, along with their staffs, made that happen. It took strong leadership on the part of the mayor and uh, the president, as well as the directors of the library. Uh, libraries at that time and all of the staff who were involved in the um, planning. So what was the response of the university and the city to this idea? Um, My understanding, and again I wasn't here, but my understanding is that it took the university library staff and uh, faculty a bit by surprise. This wasn't something that they um, had come to San Jose State University to do, to become a joint library with the public. And so they were a little knocked off guard. The um, faculty across campus were concerned that this uh, merger of the public and the university library would diminish the library that uh, had served the university all these years. And so a group called SOL, Save Our University Library, was created uh, that was working in opposition to the idea. The university's commitment to shared governance, though, prevailed, and uh, this became a big issue for the university academic senate. It was debated long and hard, and ultimately the senate voted to support the proposal for the joint library. At that time, the university library board, which is an advisory um, council or board to the uh, university library was given um, extra emphasis from the the University Academic Senate and has been very instrumental ever since in advising me as dean and the library in policy uh, decisions, budget issues, and so on. But it wasn't just the university that was um, concerned about uh, this idea. Many people in the public also had concerns. one concern was that building this joint library would take funding away from the badly needed renovation and creation of branch branches, community branches within the system. Um, also, some of the public, uh, general public, felt that they would be overshadowed, their information needs would be overshadowed by those needs of the university faculty and staff, since this would be sitting on the corner of the university property. There was a lot of debate on the missions of the two. Um, individual libraries. Were, Were we going to be able to meet the obligations of the mission of the public library and the mission of the university library? Were these missions so divergent that that this would not work. So this was something that was debated and I think bottom line, neither the university nor the public wanted to lose its identity as a university library or a public library uh, nor did they want their values uh, challenged in some way by this merger. So um, in making the plans for the library, how we would do what we do in libraries every day Everybody within the organization became involved in some way or another. There were focus groups that looked at issues such as special collections, what should be in special collections, what should the um, goals of special collections be. Staff and librarians were on various teams to decide um, how would we handle reference. Would we have one reference desk, two reference desks, um, three reference desks? Um, Would we have one circulation desk or two circulation desks? Would the collections be totally separated from one another? Would we have two classification schemes, um, part of the collection in um, uh, the Dewey Decimal System and part in the Library of Congress system? Would we have separate departments? Would we have one large library organization with nobody working for either the city or the university? There were lots of conversations going on among lots of different groups on campus and within the city and this took a lot of energy and time from both organizations which were still running their respective libraries. And as it all panned out, we developed a very unique partnership as Anthony mentioned before. We are the only joint library in the United States that is operated in the way that we are. We have two distinct library organizations, a university library Uh, administration and a public library administration with separate staffs. We have separate budgets. We do our collection development separately from one another but we have merged units. So we have four merged units, um, access services, reference, technical services and IT. Staff from both library organizations work side by side within these units under co-managers. So each unit has a university library manager, and a public library manager. As you can imagine, this takes a lot of time, a lot of negotiation. On some of the what might otherwise be rather routine decisions, uh, we have to sit down and have a conversation. So behind the scenes, there's a lot of complexity, a lot of time spent on a lot of issues that neither one of us would be spending so much time on if we were running our own show. Uh, We have space allocations for each floor. So, for instance, on the third floor, the space is allocated to the general collection, which is primarily the public library collection. It is the the public library collection in the Dewey Decimal System. Um, On the fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth floors, we have the university collection, which is in Library of Congress. And the decision was made not to... Um, change any of that classification. I think probably the biggest consideration there was the cost that it would um, take in order to do that. But we do have uh, and share a a merged uh, integrated library system, uh, innovative interfaces. And so all of those materials are found by searching the catalog, and it works. We look carefully at work distribution and workload within our departments. And I'll talk a little bit about that later as we um, both, the city and the university, are facing large um, cuts to our budget. We have to look carefully at how we are uh, distributing the workload among our, our departments. And I mentioned before cost share. We own the computers in the library jointly. Uh, we own a lot of the equipment in the library the servers and so forth jointly so we have different cost shares for different kinds of equipment and different kinds of purchases uh, for security cameras uh, we I think our, our cost share is 50/50 for our equipment that runs our system it might be um 6633, depending on whether it's going to benefit all of the branches in the public library and the university or it's going to to benefit just the branch, the downtown branch and the university. So it's complex. I want to talk a bit more about the mission. Um, What we have found over the course of the eight years, and I have found over the course of the last five plus years, is that Um, we have to pay careful attention to each of our mission statements to make sure that we are living up to the obligations that we have to our home organization and at the same time look at the joint mission statement that we have created to make sure that we are creating a new entity and continue to support the mission of the joint library. And what I believe is that the two missions are not counterproductive to one another and that our joint mission indeed does serve both individual libraries. But first, let's just take a, a look. This is the mission statement from the public library. And I highlighted what I see as the you know, main um, concepts within this that the San Jose Public Library enriches lives by fostering lifelong learning and by ensuring that every member of the community, not just certain members, not just students, or not just faculty, or not just seniors or, or uh, children, but everybody in the community, has access to a vast array of ideas and information. The university library mission statement Is very similar, but it has a little extra added in there. We are a unit of the overall university, so we support the mission of the university. And part of the mission of the university is to expand knowledge through research, instruction, and scholarship. So that's supporting student learning, um, the efforts of our faculty in teaching, and research and scholarship that both our students and our faculty enter into. And then through our partnership with San Jose Public Library, as well as with other organizations, we provide students, faculty, and all members of the community, the same as the Public Library, with information resources and lifelong learning opportunities. So I think that lifelong learning concept is what is pervasive through all all of the concepts in both of these statements. Uh, Lifelong learning for a student is in the ne- the the now the today you know they're working on the assignment that's due tomorrow, or the test they're going to be taking in two weeks. That's the learning that they're engaged in, but in that learning they are um, finding ways of uh, determining what kind of information they need for a problem, how they're going to be able to answer that problem, and that's going to benefit them in years to come as they continue changing professions perhaps, uh, continuing to be a student, being a parent, and so on. The Joint Library Mission um, strives to enrich lifelong learning, and ensuring every member of the community access to the vast array of ideas and information, straight from the public library mission statement. We also provide students, instructors, and the community with information for their educational and personal growth. That's straight from the university's uh, mission statement. And we support the library's educational mission in expanding the base of knowledge through research and scholarship. And I see that now that I've been here for five years as both a university and a public library um, goal because I think what we find are a lot of scholars who come into our library and use research materials in the university library collection are not necessarily scholars affiliated with the university. They may be self-defined scholars from the general public We find that many of the materials in our uh, university library collection, particularly the print collection, are circulating now to the general public and some of them had never circulated before. So those uh, materials, those books that had been purchased are finally being used. Students use the public library collection as easily and willingly as they do the university library collection. They are using that not just for um, recreation and leisure, but to complete their assignments. So as far as the library user, the customer, the student, the patron, whatever you want to call them, is concerned, all of those resources are for them, whether they are a Ph.D. from the university a child using story time, a student, undergraduate or graduate student. So how has this library benefited the university? It expanded ours greatly, for one thing. It created a wonderful library space on campus. Uh, The library was built to incorporate a lot of outside light which we haven't seen a lot of the last few days with all of our rain. But it is a very cheery and inviting space to be in. There are 3,600 seats throughout the um, 8th floor, or actually ninth floor building if you count the lower level. Uh, We have laptop checkouts for students. Soon we will have iPads for students to check out. Uh, Assistance with using their computers uh, in the student computer services Center. Our students are able to make much better use of the branch libraries of the public system. Uh, They can now have materials from the King Library, whether it belongs to the public library organization or the university library um, organization they can have that delivered to the branch closest to their home. So it makes using um, the university collection and being a student at the university much easier for somebody who's commuting from one of the outlying um, communities. We have a lot of group study space. Um, I mentioned the public collections. Instruction rooms are... um, recently been uh, renovated even since we've moved in, and we have a lot of meeting space that is used both by the general public as well as the university. Many of our university faculty have regular um, lectures and programs that they present in the King Library. The citizens of San Jose have access to a wide range of collections. They still have access to the collection uh, in the King Library from the public organization and from all the branches but they can now borrow anything they wish from the uh, University Library collections on the upper floors and as I said many of them are doing that and we're finding that materials are being used that had never been used before. They have much longer hours than we've had in the past, and we certainly hope that we're going to be able to maintain those hours with coming budget cuts. Uh, They have access to research assistance from our liaison librarians from the university who are subject experts in their particular area. They have the community meeting spaces that we talked about. And I think all of San Jose, both the university and the city, have come to recognize King Library as a jewel in downtown San Jose. It's really led the way in developing uh, the economy in downtown San Jose. It's award-winning. We've um, won many, many awards, and it gives access to the university. So for those of you that have been through the library, you know there are two entrances, one facing San Fernando Street the corner of San Fernando and 4th, and the other um, coming out onto the campus. It's symbolic uh, in a large, to a large degree of how easy it is to move from your public library to the university. It's just one step away. And I think what the f- uh, founders and the planners of this hoped to do was provide that easy access for the community at large to moving on to higher education. The bottom line, I mentioned this earlier, is that what the merging of our missions and the merging of our libraries has created is the opportunity for lifelong learning for the entire community. We've enhanced our culture of reading. Uh, The public library has been a sponsor for many years of the Silicon Valley Reads program. The uh, SJSU campus also has a reading program. We uh, provide visibility for both of those programs with pro, uh, programs in our meeting spaces. We have a lot of children's programming. We have many of our students who bring their children to, to school with them. Uh, you often see them in the elevators or sitting at uh, tables in, in the library. There's, there are children with picture books, and they're sitting there doing their homework for, for a university class. A lot of community programs. Uh, we have social workers in the library, tax preparers in the library, lawyers in the library, uh, a lot of programming that's available to both the university community and the general community. First Thursdays, which actually have now become First Wednesdays, uh, have been institutionalized as part of the programming within King Library. Those have been going on now for four or five years. Uh, They are programs from the Steinbeck Center, the Beethoven Center, uh, the SJSU Archives and Special Collections and the Public Library California Room. There are four of these special lectures each each uh, semester. And the Center for Literary Arts, one of the organizations from the university, um, ha- holds many of its programs in the library as well. And those um, Those programs, all of these programs, have attendees from both the general public and the university. That's one of the requirements for having um, a meeting in one of our meeting rooms is it has to be open to everybody. Those are all the wonderful things about... The Joint Library. Now there are lots and lots of issues and challenges that we face, that we have faced, we face every day, and we will continue to face. I could spend probably um, a presentation on each one of these bullets, so I'm not going to talk uh, at length about about any one of them. I think the um, the leaders, the mayor and the president, perhaps, although I don't want to put words in their mouths, hoped that this would uh, result in decreased cost for the institutions, for the city and for the university. However, we find increased cost. It's a much bigger building. We have much higher volume of um, uh, people coming through the doors every day. During the semester, uh, on any given day, we might have between twelve and 15,000 individuals in and out of the doors. That's a lot of people, which means we need a certain stability of staffing at our service points, at our reference desk, our circulation desk, our periodicals desk, all of the various um, service points that we have. Security is an issue in our library. It's a large library. It's got lots of little nooks and crannies that make it a very comfortable place to be, but also a difficult place to keep secure. So that is also costly. We continue to build our collections. The university library's collection is becoming increasingly digital. Uh, The public library is also becoming more digital, but has a high volume of circulation for their print materials. So we have to be sure that we're able to provide the support we need for both of those kinds of activities. In order to stay up-to-date with technology, just the technology that we have, we are both straining uh, to do that because of our budget situations. But we don't want to just keep up with the current technology. We want to move forward to the future uh, with new and emerging technologies. So this will continue to be a challenge for us as we move forward. We have um, different staffs and we have different unions. So we have different labor agreements, uh, many different labor agreements among the, the two sides of the library. There are salary equity issues involved with that. We have different holidays. So on certain holidays, the public library keeps the building open while the university library staff takes a holiday and vice versa. I mentioned those co-unit heads that are managing the merged departments. That takes a lot of very um, specialized kind of management. It's very difficult. And it takes a lot of time and nurturing of the staffs in, in those departments. And we we are um, very cognizant of the changing roles of libraries in in the profession, not just within our merged library. So we need to stay up to date. And that is something that we challenge each other to all the time. Are we providing the kind of technology that our users expect and demand? Are we moving to the cutting edge? We don't want to fall back uh, and rest on our laurels. And in order to do that, we need to do more and more in-depth joint planning. So uh, a few years ago, we decided that we would put extra emphasis on joint planning. And in the spring of 2009, many of our middle managers came to the King management team, uh, which is the senior management team for, for the Merge Library, and wanted to know, what do you mean by joint? What does joint mean? in our everyday life. And that was a little surprising um, to me and I think to some of the others. Of course you know what that means. We've been doing this now for five years. But um, it was an opportunity to sit down and reflect. What does it really mean to say we are a joint library? And we put together a document, a one-page document, on what it means to be joint. And I picked out just a few of the concepts from that. And one is, it means that as a library, we have a bias toward collaboration. If we have something that we're moving forward to do, we're going to assume that it's better to do it together than assume it's better to do it separately. Unless we discover some pressing reason that it should be done separately and not together. So an example of that, I think, is what we're doing right now. We're continuing to look at discovery systems. Uh, We have been looking at overlays for the public catalog for over a year. We're redoing that effort, and we're going to be looking at some of the other discovery systems, which would allow um, easier uh, discovery in the catalog, as well as articles in our various databases. So we are setting out to do that together. Doing um, or assuming that we have a bias toward collaboration gives us new freedom, a freedom to think differently about how an academic library does things or how a public library does things. So it gives us that freedom and new options for, for doing things. We don't have to do them according to the book necessary necessarily, but at the same time what that means is everybody in the library, managers, librarians, staff, need to find for themselves, and I think with each individual it's something different, a comfort level with ambiguity, because there will be some things that will be better joint and other things that will be better individually. We found, for instance, Um, instruction in the classroom that our university librarians do is something that university librarians do. It's part of their job description and that's not something that the public librarians enter into. Um, I guess the easy one with the public library is children's and and youth services. There are people who have studied, have spent all of their lives being children's youth librarians and we don't We don't do that together. So it makes sense to do those things separately. But that level of ambiguity is going to shift and change depending on where we are with technology, um, what situation we find ourselves in with budget, and we need to be willing to be flexible so that we can perhaps shift to collaboration when we thought before we couldn't, or vice versa. And we will evolve. So... Our assumption is we're better together and we also know that by being a joint library we can leverage the partnership and that comes in handy at different times. So for instance, both organizations have um, submitted proposals for grants from various uh, federal granting uh, agencies as well as other foundations. And many times, in fact most of the time, they want to see a partnership uh, going forward with this grant. We have a built-in partnership. We, we are the public and the university library moving together. So although it might be um, the lead partner might be the public library or the lead partner might be the university library, I think that we have had better um, success at getting some of those grants over the past years because of our partnership. We are really unique and uh, granting agencies like to read about us. And it means that we need to look from time to time um, at balance and proportionality. Are we staying balanced? Are we continuing to meet the mission of our home institution while we are trying these new and different things? So from that definition of joint, we developed joint organizational um, priorities. And some of these are listed here. A a large one that we've been working on and and just launched this fall is a new website uh, redesign. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in a few minutes. We are working together to digitize portions of our special collections, the SJPL California Room collections and the SJSU Special Collections and Archives. We have been uh, digitizing photographic collections and other images and now have those posted on our website. We are becoming more mobile friendly as a digital library. We both have a commitment to excellence in customer service and from time to time have customer service training sessions that both organizations open up to all of the staff. I mentioned our inquiry into uh, Discovery Systems. We do joint programming. Uh, We have uh, staff from both the public library and the university library who have now for two years in a row planned the Northern California Innovative Users Group um, Conference in our library, and it's been highly successful. Our first Thursdays continue to be very successful. We have staff from both libraries, the university library and the public library, who have worked on a workplace ESL program, English as a Second Language, and that's being presented to our uh, housekeeping staff, and it's, I think it's working very well. And we know that with both libraries and as a joint library, we have to continuously improve what we're doing. So to talk just a moment about the website redesign. Um, the library opened in 2003. And up until this fall, we had had, in 2010, we had had the same website. A joint website, totally merged the university and the public library resources um, found together in one navigation scheme. We did have separate pages for children's resources and um, special collections and for instruction, for instance, but you still had to find them by going through a merged um, website. So we conducted usability tests of that website to find out what our library users felt about that. How were they using the website? Were they finding the things that they needed? And what we discovered was that the majority of our users, both public users and university users, wanted the content separated more. That they were confused sometimes didn't quite understand whether what they were looking at was available to them. So, for instance, our databases that are licensed for the university library are available to everybody in the library on site. But if you are searching the website from home and you're not part of the university, you can't use the website, And that's, or excuse me, the um, database. And that's because we have licensing agreements with vendors that require that the... Um, authorized audience be from the university. So that was quite confusing and irritating, I think, to many of our public uh, library users. So they wanted to know which things they could get into and which things they couldn't. Public library customers viewed the website as the site for them, but that a portion of it was for somebody else and that there was part of this website that really didn't belong to them. Undergraduate students, on the other hand, tended to see the entire website as theirs because they used the um, public library collection. They used uh, the foreign language um, collection, lots of uh, books, audio materials in lots of different foreign languages. Because of the diversity of our student body, they used those. They considered that part of their library. So there was a little different um, perception of how the two different uh, groups saw this web website merged. And so what came out of that was a recommendation to have two independent websites, one for the university, one for the public library, with both of those linking to a joint uh, portal that would explain what the collaboration was all about, what the joint library was, but that would link back to this website that was just for you as a public library user or a university library user. Now that didn't mean that you couldn't use both sites, you certainly could. So that website has been up now since um, August for the university website and I believe it was November for the public library website. We've had feedback, some people like it, some people don't. Uh, We are now once again together looking at that joint portal that I mentioned because that in particular confused people. Uh, It confused uh, I think probably both the university users and the public library users. They began to think that that was it. That was their website and it's been a little confusing and less than satisfactory. So we're taking another look at that joint portal and we'll continue to do that over the coming weeks and perhaps months. There have been some to change the topic uh, just a bit, there have been some big issues that we've been looking at over the last um, year or so, and will continue to be doing over the coming months and years. One is lead certification. Uh, when the building opened, we had already moved forward uh, with the with the original construction, with a lot of uh, very um, efficient and um, environment friendly. Uh, components. However, just recently, about two years ago, we did a total retrofit of the lighting in the library. So we moved from a warmer kind of yellow light to what some people would say perhaps a colder um, blue light. It's much more cost efficient. Uh, People have gotten used to it very quickly. And we now are saving about 25% on our electrical bill. For the library. That's that amazed me when I discovered how much that really saved us. We have sensors on the um, upper on all the stacks actually, so that when nobody is in a stack area the lights dim down and when somebody walks through the sensor turns the lights on. That also has helped. Um, our restrooms now recycle water, which is is moving us further along in that way as well. We've recently um, worked with Uh, FDNO, our facilities on campus, who takes care of facilities for the library, to uh, do a study of future maintenance, what's the lifespan of our various um, uh, equipment and components, so our elevators, our escalators, our lights, our carpeting, our painting, uh, equipment, our servers. When might we expect to have to put in all new elevators, for instance? Uh, We need to know those things so that we can set forward budgetary requests for them when the time comes. That's something that's underway. I mentioned before, we're also always looking toward new technology and the rapid development of the library as an institution, as a digital library. So for the university, we have more and more digital resources but our students are sitting in the seats in the library more and more, so it, it's 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 not either or. It's really both. How can we be a welcoming um, place for the library uh, users as well as have all of the digital components that they expect? And we have been experiencing a large number of retirements. People are re- reaching retirement age in both institutions, the public and and the University. The University Library um, over the last five years has had eight retirements. Uh, We've had eight new librarians. Uh, That changes the dynamic of the organization Uh, and we're doing recruitments with new people coming in. So we need to be sure that everybody new that's coming into the library has the same commitment to the joint library that we all have. And that will continue to be um, a challenge for us, particularly if we're not able to recruit as we have retirements. And uh, both institutions are facing those um, dire budgetary cuts for the coming year. So I personally think one of the biggest uh, test that we have of the partnership is upon us right now, and that is how do we plan for really dire budget cuts. We've had furloughs, layoffs in the university, uh, layoffs with the city. We very likely will continue to have those kinds of things happening in the year to come. This is going to require negotiation. Are we going to cut hours again? Uh, If we do cut hours, how will they be cut? Uh, How will we staff our service desks? How many people need to be on a desk? Um, Are there times of the day when perhaps a desk doesn't need to be staffed at all? Uh, Those are conversations that we have to have at the departmental level, at uh, the mid-managers level, at the, the senior management level, and our home institutions need to know what it means for them. What will it mean for a university library student who comes in and there's nobody at the desk? Or for a mother who brings a child for a children's hour time and it's been canceled because the children's room is not open. So those are the kinds of things that we really need to work closely together about. We need to look at our staffing models. Uh, We need to decide um, where can the university library cut staff if, if we have to. Um, and where can the public library cut staff if they have to and do it in such a way that we're helping each other out, that we're providing the backup that each organization needs. Uh, These will be ongoing conversations with all levels within the library as well as the senior partnership meetings and those are meetings that we have very infrequently. They include um, the city manager, the president of the university, vice president, uh, and provost of the university, Uh, the director of the public library, myself as dean, to talk about major um, issues that might be facing the libraries. And if our budget um, proves to be uh, really alarming, we probably will be having those meetings again. Uh, The last thing I want to mention just quickly is that we need to be looking at evaluation and assessment. How well are we doing uh, in meeting the... uh, components of the mission of our home institution as well as the mission of the joint library. Recently the uh, university library had a five-year library program review. We also um, conducted LibQual which is an ARL uh, uh, created perception survey and in that we found that our university library users are pretty happy with the building. They they love the building in fact. But many of them, we found from some of their comments, didn't know about some of the things that we have available for them, some of the services that we have, some of the resources that we have. So, for instance, we had more than one suggestion that it would be a good idea for us to check out laptops to students. We've been doing this for five years, so somehow we have failed to get that message out uh, sufficiently. So we know that we have uh, a lot of improvements to make. Both libraries um, participated in the California Snapshot Day, which was held this past fall, and we have a lot of data gathered from that. Uh, Most of that is good perceptions of the library, but we need to see those as well. And at some point in the not-too-distant future, we need to look at a way of evaluating what we're doing as a joint library, And, and that's a topic we really haven't broached yet. So I'm open for questions, if anybody has any uh, questions or comments. I'm Sandy Hirsch, Director of the School of Library and Information Science. And thank you very much for your uh, overview and um, reflection about the King Library. It's very interesting. question. I, I know that you said as part of your talk that um, it's not really a cost savings um, to necessarily merge libraries in the same way that you've done, yet it's certainly attempting um, by many, other, probably perceived by many that it is. What do you think is the likelihood of other libraries moving, following your lead in the future? What, how do, you, what do you see as the future of that? I, um, I honestly thought we would be seeing more of it Um, There are other libraries that either, well, in one instance did it before us. um, The Broward County, um, um, I just lost the name of the university, in Florida. Uh, That was actually in existence before us, uh, but it isn't managed in the same way that we are, and we're much larger. Uh, We've had visits from other um, municipalities that are looking at doing similar things. There is a project underway uh, in uh, Norfolk. Uh, Virginia and Tidewater Community College where they're planning a joint library for one of one of the community college campuses and one of the um, uh, branches of the public library there I think and and I, I think this I, I think I've been convinced by by Jane light who has said you know it really was a picture in time it, it required the right people in the right seats at the right time the um, valley was um, The economy in the valley was good. The uh, leadership at the university and the city was strong. Uh, There were strong leaders at the helm of both of the libraries, the public library and the university library. And so it really took the spark of the idea and the coming together of those people to make it happen. Uh, I do think that it makes a lot of sense. Um, As a taxpayer, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, ultimately, the money is taxpayer dollars, whether it's city money or state money, it's all coming from from taxpayers. I think it makes for a lot of um, efficiencies, not necessarily um, uh, costing less But efficiencies, and I think it just makes a lot of uh, sense in a programmatic way for people using the library to be able to move on to higher education using the same library they've used as a middle school student or a high school student, uh, or when somebody graduates from the university, to, to know how to use a wealth of resources that they would never be able to find in most public libraries. So they'll be able to come back and use all of those databases that we make available. But why it hasn't caught on in a bigger way, I don't know. And with with the uh, economy as it is right now, it's not the time for, you know, big initiatives like this to take, take root. But perhaps in the future. Thank you very much. I appreciate your attention.